everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am he, and I am joined today by the Alex Newman. Alex, always, always a pleasure to be with you. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Duke. We have a couple of great stories. Well, good to talk about, but not so good for the culture. Number one, we have Stanford University backs away finally from its harmful language list. Unbeknown to a lot of people, uh, the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, the EHLI, it is a multi-phase, multi-year project at Stanford University using taxpayer dollars to address what they call harmful language in IT at Stanford. EHLI is one of the actions prioritized in the Statement of Solidarity and Commitment to Action, which was published by the Stanford CIOC Council, uh, Council, the People of Color in Technology. Is it my imagination? All these acronyms and all these names, don't they sound awfully Soviet to you, Alex? They sure do. And, you know, as, as I was reading this uh, a few weeks ago when they first came out with this list, when it first became a scandal, um, I just kept thinking of 1984, right? We're, we're going to control language so that you can't even think about rebelling against the narrative, against the um, the zeitgeist that we're trying to impose on you. It, it is so Soviet-esque. And, uh, the left has become really masters of manipulating language for totalitarian purposes. So it was very alarming to see this at Stanford, which historically has been one of our better universities. Yeah, I was going to make that point. 20 years ago, you would have thought that Stanford, while not being conservative or certainly not Republican, at least seemed to have pockets where conservatism were, was flourishing in small quantities. Uh, fast forward today, very much like the Sh University of Chicago. Remember 20, 25 years ago, the University of Chicago came out with this uh, really good uh, classical reading list for their freshmen. All that's gone now, right? All that's been completely uh, uh, erased by both the University of Chicago and by Stanford University. And with the possible exception of Hillsdale, Hillsdale there doesn't seem to be much anymore that is tolerant. But when we consider what's going on at Stanford, like you said, the goal of this program is the elimination of harmful harmful language, according to the progressives. Uh, many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and, and biased, e.g. disability bias, and ethnic bias, and ethnic slurs, and gender bias, and implicit bias, and sexual bias, language in the entire websites of Stanford University. Now, what you and I consider racial slurs, uh, we know that's not what they do, right? Talking about that being black as night mean is now a microaggression, right? Uh, the endless list of, give us some, like, give us some, our producer, here are some of the exam examples. Well, the word master, we knew that wasn't going to last, right? Master, as in master's degree or mastering your subject matter, either as a verb or an adjective, was on the list because historically, quote, masters enslaved people, didn't consider them human, and didn't allow them to express free will. So this term should generally be avoided. Ditto for the term master list. How about this? You guys, you guys was considered inappropriate because it lumps a group of people using masculine language or, and or into gender binary groups which don't include everyone. And finally, the word mentally ill was selected because using person first language helps to not define people by just one of their characteristics. Insane was listed too. It was considered ableist. So if somebody is mentally ill or heaven forbid insane, it's a problem to label that. And I, and I go back to my lessons in philosophy. If you can't name evil what it is, then you don't believe in evil anymore. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, no question about it. And again, that, that's about manipulating thought through manipulating language. That's what we're witnessing here. One of the other terms they said we shouldn't use is American because it implies that the United States of America is the most important country in the Americas. And quite ironically, I don't think they really thought this through. They said that the, we should be using the term U.S. citizen instead. Like, Wait a minute. What about all the undocumented immigrants who would not be included in that term? So, uh, you know, they, they loop themselves into pretzels to the point where they sound so ridiculous. But I think what's going on here, Duke, one of the key things that's going on here is uh, these children and these young adults at these uh, educational institutions, so-called, are being conditioned, right? They, they have been conditioned to have a violent emotional response that bypasses logic, that bypasses reason when they're confronted with certain stimuli, like trigger words, which you're not allowed to say trigger words anymore either. You're not allowed to say trigger alert, but um, trigger words that cause their brains to really shut down. And so instead of thinking about what the person is saying, they just kind of like Pavlov's dogs, they start drooling, that's racism, right? You can't say that. Uh, and, and so you you lose all ability to have a rational discussion on the important issues of the day. Uh, this is so dangerous. It, it, it is a threat to civilization. It is a threat to clear thinking. Uh, and it's a threat to these young people who are trapped in these insane asylums. Yes, I use the term masquerading as universities. Well, uh, you and I are 100% on the same page with this as when I teach the university classes that I teach, it's stunning to me how kids focus on how you say something, not what it means. They're incapable of sustained thinking, linking idea to idea to create a chain of thought. They can't do it. But what they can do is every word you say, they can parse it. They can, so it's completely and utterly superficial. And you mentioned the Americas, right? It's not just that they used US citizen, which is also hypocritical, if you believe there's such a thing, but America is named after an Italian uh, colonialist, an evil man who discovered America, <laughs> Amerigo Vespucci, right? And so by, by saying that all America is North and South America, they're defaulting to racial, racially in, e evil language to categorize uh, two continents that have nothing to do with white people, right? And so uh, let's take a look at another one of this list of words. How about the word guru? Are you kidding me? That's a non-Western word. Uh, it's Indian, right? How about the word guru? Nope. In the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, the word is a sign of respect. Using it casually negates its original value. How about the word trigger warning? Now that's gone too. We've got to trigger warn trigger warnings, because <laughs> it, is, it is the phrase that can cause stress what's to follow, about what's to follow. Oh, you use the word trigger, somebody might think gun. Stay away from the word war room. It represents unnecessary use of violent language. So simply the word war to describe what happens when nations go to violent conflict with each other. The word war, maybe we should call it pillow, Ad, uh, Alex. What do you think? What would be the <laughs> word would, would ease the pain of our children? And finally, don't you dare write a, white, write a white paper. It assigns value connotations based on color, white equals good, an act which is subconsciously racialized. And by the way, don't you, how much you wanna bet that Stanford University's classrooms are full of whiteboards? How much you wanna bet? How much you wanna bet? I bet a lot of them are painted white too. Yep, and they're not using chalk, they're using whiteboards. Oh my, my. 
it, it, it's so preposterous. I, I, I don't know that there's going to be enough Play-Doh and puppies in the world to console all of these whiny leftists who've been indoctrinated in these Marxist factories called universities. Um, and, you know, we make fun of it, but I think people really need to wrap their minds around what's happening here. Uh, this is the controlled demolition of a civilization. Okay, as the older generations that still had a little bit of common sense die off, and that's happening, uh, and these younger generations that are coming out of these outrageous institutions like Stanford, like the clown car formerly known as Yale, and the clown car formerly known as Harvard, um, and these people start moving into positions of power. So they start becoming CEOs and directors of companies. They start becoming politicians. Um, these crybabies who can't tolerate words like trigger warning and white paper are going to be running our economy. They're going to be running the government. Um, and yet they can't get through a lesson in a university if certain words are used that they're uncomfortable with. Uh, we are in for a world of pain if we're not able to deprogram these people and, and snap out of this madness. A moment ago when you mentioned Play-Doh and puppies, I act, this shows you how white supremacist my education was. I thought you said Plato. And so therefore I'm thinking <laughs> that's exactly what these kids need. They need a little more Plato, a little more Aristotle, a little more Shakespeare. They need a little more of the classic white men literature about how you, stop, you, you chin up and you move forward, right? Uh, stay calm and move forward, all that stuff. All the stiff upper lip, the whole tradition of Western culture where we turn... Good. I, I want to stop you here because uh, I, I, you probably don't realize yet, but several of those people you just mentioned are actually now officially yes. white supremacy. Uh, the UK Terror Office, uh, I'm, I'm looking for it right here. Uh, they've got, um, and, and this is a true story. Uh, Shakespeare so and Chaucer and yes, Milton. All white yep. supremacy. George yeah, all Orwell. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the program. Yep. As Beowulf, Chaucer, Shakespeare, Milton, 1984, these are all indicators of white supremacy and right-wing extremism. So, According to the United Kingdom's terrorist watch group, right, that they're monitoring people who read those books, literally. If you're English and you're reading English books like Chaucer and Shakespeare and Milton, you are um, imbibing without even knowing it far-right ideology. This is how crazy, you, and in, line, in line with this, Alex, of course, you had what happened to Roald Dahl, right? The author of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and numbers of wonderful, highly high-selling children's books. I think he said he sold over 250 million books since he died. And so, of course, those books now are being edited by professional editors, again, in England, to take away references to fat people. Imagine Willy Wonka with, and the Chocolate Factory without the little fat kid, the little violet girl, because you can't make fun of anybody anymore. And so all those little kids were stereotyped in some way. So now you gotta cleanse his work from those evil things. And before I go back to you, take a look at a response from the, the uh, Stanford University's IT community. This is the so-called Chief Information Officer. Uh, that, that strikes me a lot like Commissar, the Commissar of Information for the Stanford University. And it says, quote, the elimination of harmful language initiative was, because they've backed off it now, it was an effort co-sponsored by the Sp Stanford CIO Council and the People of Color and Technology Affinity Group. This initiative was catalyzed by events at the national and campus level during 2020. It was created by, the, by and for the IT community, not the broader community, and intended as a guide, not a mandate. But the word mandate's a problem, isn't it? More specifically, 
E-H-L-I, was created to address racist terms historically in, used in IT, such as master and slave, to describe aspects of systems. So when you apply living words to machines, you're also being a bigot. But this is their skillful commissar, office of the commissariat for communist activities at Stanford University. This is how they walk this back two steps until people forget about it. And then they'll walk it forward again, five steps. Yeah, and that's what they always do, right? We need to be very, very careful here again. The, even though it sounds funny, the implications are tragic. And I, I was really alarmed to find out that uh, Chaucer is now white supremacy literature. I've been reading the Canterbury uh, Tales to my children. And um, yeah, I mean, who knew, right? Thank goodness that these people have enlightened us now to, to make clear that all the great work of English literature is now uh, verboten. So <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to move on to another story because this one is uh, not quite as mockable. It's, it's a serious topic. And uh, uh, you've done a, a, a wonderful job in your article on this. Talk about teen girls in our culture uh, in the radical rise of sadness, despair and suicidal thoughts, particularly in young girls. Yeah, this is so alarming, Duke. Uh, and just to throw out a few of the numbers that the CDC pulled out, this comes from their Youth Risk Behavior Survey. They say that about six in 10 girls felt uh, persistently sad or hopeless in 2021. Uh, about one third of them seriously con considered committing suicide. Uh, about uh, more than 10% actually tried to commit suicide or reported trying to commit suicide. Uh, the sexual violence is out of control. Um, one in five teen girls reported experiencing sexual violence in 2021. Uh, more than one in 10 girls reported being raped, being forced to have sex in uh, 2021. Uh, I mean, these numbers are just off the charts, folks. Try to process these. And these are all skyrocketing from when they started this survey 10 years ago. And yet their solution is to do more of the same, Duke. More sex ed, more LGBT brainwashing, more godlessness is going to fix the problem caused by LGBT brainwashing, godlessness, and comprehensive sex education. It's insane. Yeah, that was the question I was going to raise, right? So now we're teaching kids sexual practice and sexual mores in late elementary, middle school. We're telling kids that sex positivity is the way to go. We're exposing kids in middle school to anal intercourse and healthy ways to engage in such wonderfully, alternatively sexual behavior. The pressure on children, when you start telling children as young as six and seven, in some cases, you're pushing this garbage on preschoolers about the idea that their gender and their sex may not match. When you're doing that to kids, aren't you lay, laying upon them an anxiety, issues that they can't possibly at their young ages co comprehend? They can't uh, bring them into the, the focus of their mind. This causes anxiety, it causes nausea, it causes all sorts of concerns, it makes them fearful, it makes them agitated. And yet, as you just pointed out, rather than back off of this. Because, you know, back when we used to teach education to kids, when we taught kids, we didn't bring, back when heterosexuals ruled the world and persecuted everybody who wasn't, we didn't spend one minute, one second, of teaching five, six, seven, nine-year-olds about bodily functions, about how to perform sex acts. We didn't spend time talking about the sociology of sex to kids. We just didn't talk to them and let them grow up to be kids th through that period until they were old enough to be begin to consider things like sexuality. But now the left's response to all of this suicide is, unless we sexualize them more, unless we force them into sexual situations more, unless we get them to completely 
challenge their own sexuality and even their gender, they're going to keep killing themselves when it's obvious to anyone paying attention that you created this artificial problem by forcing this information into ch children's classrooms way too young. Yeah, there's no question about it, Duke. And, and along with all of that, they're teaching children a worldview from the pit of hell, right? There is no God. There is no meaning to life. It's all just this magical, ridiculous coincidence. And your life has no more value than the life of your pet goldfish or the life of your cat, right? The only purpose in life is to just have as much sex and as much fun as you can possibly have while it lasts. Uh, and then you combine that with the, the total demolition of every source of identity that these children could have, right? Even their own gender, right? Who they are, their physical reality, their biological sex, is they're now being told that that's bigotry, that that's imaginary, that it's a social construct. Your parents are evil. Your country is evil. Uh, you're, you're the cause of climate change. I mean, how does a child deal with this? Well, they deal with this by feeling sadness, feeling despair, killing themselves, going and taking antidepressant drugs and then killing their fellow students. Right? Uh, so the idea that we're going to do more of what caused this as a solution to this, um, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. These people are absolutely positively insane. And yet they are running the federal government. They are running the CDC. They are running the public school system. Yeah, the CDC. Now, you and I know, and I think anybody who pays attention to the last three years of world uh, events should be very skeptical about what the CDC says now. Again, I'm not even completely sure how emotional wellness is necessarily a CDC concern. So when I see a survey like this, even though I can see it in my university kids, I can see it. I can see that young women are much more manipulatable and they are much more indoctrinated than young boys. There's a lot of problems with young boys, right? We know that boys aren't as mature as girl. They take as girls, they take a little bit longer. We know that boys have other problems, but with girls, the susceptibility to this kind of cultish brainwashing, you see it all the time. The, by far, the most woke, intolerant kids in my classrooms are women, young women. And they, correspondingly, many of them have serious mental problems, as this survey seems to suggest. Take a look. I want you to come, take a look at the, 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 the radical rise in your article and the, the graph you uh, included here. Uh, it's titled, Seriously Considered Attempting Suicide Among U.S. High School Students by Sex. You can just see how through the roof it's gotten for little girls. Tell us why. You think that's true, but also comment on uh, what do you think this, the CDC clearly is trying to do something, and it's not something that you and I would do, fix the problem. No, they're, they're trying to throw fuel on the fire, and I, you know, I think girls – um, are, are more susceptible to this kind of stuff, partly because, you know, they, they want to fit in, they want to uh, kind of adapt to the culture around them. And the culture is so ridiculous and so confusing that none of this makes any sense. They're being told that to be special, they have to identify as a LGBTQ+, that they, they're being told that if their ancestors were European, then they're by definition oppressors. They're being told that uh, if their ancestors were not European, that they're by de definition oppressed, they need to feel like victims. Nothing's ever going to work for them because white supremacy is always going to keep them down. When you combine all of this, you're stripping away all of the things that, that bring meaning to a person's life. Um, it, you know, what, what's happening here, I consider it to be child abuse. Uh, what they're doing to these children 
And the results speak, speak for themselves. In what other situation could you cause almost 60% of a group of people to feel persistently sad and hopeless? In what other situation could you cause almost a third of them to want to kill themselves and not have that be treated as a criminal offense? And yet that's exactly what the public school system is doing. I think partly boys are less susceptible to this too because they don't pay attention. You know, I remember when I was in school, I didn't really pay much attention to what was going on. I was spitting spitballs at my friends. I was, you know, coloring on the table, bouncing off the walls. I wasn't all that interested in what the teacher said. If I had been, uh, you know, uh, consuming all of this garbage that the teachers and the public school system is feeding, uh, you know, I, I probably would have been hopeless and despairing as well. And, and I think the same is probably true for many of the young boys in the classroom. If they were actually paying attention, they actually took seriously what the teacher said, they'd be feeling a lot like these little girls. It is a sad commentary. I see it, too. Uh, given what goes on in most college classrooms and certainly high school classrooms, not paying attention, unfortunately, is a safer route to go. You're going to end up ignorant either way, but ignorant <laughs> and stigmatized is different. But you, one thing you left off, I think, that you and I have talked about in the past, don't forget the fact that if you've ever been around little girls, young girls, young women between the ages of 12 and 15, as their bodies change naturally through puberty, as they begin to experience their periods, what ends up happening is there's a period of, ra of just really awkwardness and uncomfortableness in their bodies. Boys have it too, but not nearly as much as girls do. And so right at the age when they're, they're going through these natural changes and these conflicts within themselves as they become, the hormones begin to fly, their bodies begin to change, their cultural uh, awareness and how people view them as young women change. Uh, this is natural. It's, it's, this has always been the case going back thousands of years. Suicide almost never in, was involved with this. It is now primarily because we're hitting them with this gender stuff. If you are 13 and uncomfortable, if you are 11 or 14 and you don't feel right, well, that's normal. But now we're telling them, but, but that's a sign that you're in the wrong body. That's the sign that maybe you are more attracted to girls than you are men. Take a look at the chart here, mental health among US high school students by sexual identity. The other shocking number, is the overwhelming number of self-identifying LGBTQ and trans kids who are more likely to consider suicide. I thought we, this is the golden age of trans for the last decade. We have conceded everything to the LGBTQ. And yet, not only are the possibility, the people considering su suicide seriously, it's rising radically. It's not going down. Alex, how can that be? We've surrendered sexuality to the LGBTQ politicians and nothing's getting better. It's getting worse. Which anybody with two brain cells to rub together should have been able to tell everyone that that's what would happen if you did this, right? Uh, you know, we need to go back to God's design for things, right? Why did God create the human being? It wasn't to have as much pleasure as you could imagine. It wasn't to imagine your own reality and come up with your own gender. It was, according to the Westminster Catechism, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, and, and so as long as these people have no meaning, as long as their meaning comes from their sexual identity, as the CDC calls it, or their gender identity, uh, you know, they're going to be hollow inside. Their, their lives will be meaningless by definition. How do you get meaning out of you know sodomy how do you get meaning out of wanting to take hormones to to change your body i mean none of that makes any sense and that really should have been obvious 20 years ago when these demands started being made 10 years ago when this stuff started taking over the school system and of course it should be even more obvious today now that we have the data to prove that that's exactly what happened you know there has been a lot of talk and you have been a absolute leader in the transhumanist movement alex i can't think of anybody who uh, has more 
consistently been on that bandwagon and exposing this to a lot of parents. And now we're in the, the, the age of everything, trans ableism, trans, you name it. But no one's ever used this word before, and maybe we ought to start talking about this, trans adolescence. No one, as far as I know, I'm coining this today, trans adolescence is the globalist socialist movement to deny children their natural development, d developmental processes, things like we just talked about, uh, becoming, right? They want to start giving uh, these puberty blockers to kids by 10 and 11 and 12 and 13, not allowing the natural course of nature to take its balance and trying to head off what's going to be natural change anyway. How could you possibly allow children who haven't gone to puberty uh, how could you take seriously what they think they are when so much of that's ahead of them? So what do you think about, and we got a couple seconds left, the phrase trans adolescence? I love it. It should be popularized immediately. T.M. Duke and Alex. <laughs> and that's going to wrap up this show. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to get my approval to use the word trans adolescence, hint, I'm giving it to you. Do you want to just support this show anyway? Simply visit thedrdukeshow.com. For all of us at The Dr. Duke Show and for Alex Newman, thanks you. We all thank you, and we'll see you again very soon.